Howdy, boys and girls. Welcome back. It is week eight of the college football season and therefore week eight of the Carla and Crappy Show. And uh, whatever week it is of our, our Jeopardy guest host series, um, in, in introducing this week's guest host, I won't say the timing is good. I'm not sure he would he would agree with that characterization, but we can say that the, it wor this worked out to be the right week for Tyler Batiste to be on the Carla and Crappy show. <laughs> um, Tyler, I work with Tyler at the Post Gazette, both on the on the web team, and then uh, when he was when he was in charge of the sports department at PG, uh, he is now the managing editor for the Athletics NBA coverage, which means uh, he's about to get really really busy. So I'm I'm glad we got yeah. him like today because right. uh, the rest of the time uh, he's he's going to be tied up for a while. Uh, Tyler, how you doing? Uh, I'm good, Mike. It's good to I, see you. It's good to uh, good to talk to you. It's been a while. It has been. I mean, I didn't. Neither of us were in the office when when you got your like, not really new gig now, but um, right. So yeah, I, it's it has been a long time since I've been yes. able to, to see it and and chat for a little bit. It's um, weird. Uh, it's always weird with social media because you see you go months without seeing people. And yeah, I know. Kind of, you're like, oh yeah. Well, I mean, I I see this person on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, but yeah, it's it's been. You kind you know, of close to a year. You yeah. <laughs> kind of feel like you're in touch, but it's right. not, not really the same thing. Right. Um, I, I I wanted when we were when I was mapping out who uh, who would be good guest hosts while while Carla is uh, is on maternity leave. Um, uh, Tyler was one of the first people I thought of because uh, the a friend of mine, b college football fan, specifically right. specifically. Yeah, we buried uh, the lead here, but why, why this is good timing for me. <laughs> the, the specifically, he's a proud graduate of the Louisiana State University, um, which has had some stuff happen in the last couple of days. That's uh, right. You, I, I, I want, we're, we're just going to, we're not going to bury the lead any further. Um, we're going to jump uh, right to <laughs> what's going on there. Um, I, I want, I, I guess what your reaction, I mean, I was literally texting you to, to confirm this when I started getting push notifications about Ed Orgeron uh, being done after the season is over. Right. Um, right. First, first reaction was what? Um, not entirely, not entirely surprised. I think okay. the surprising part to me was that um, very rarely, um, as you know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know that you, you don't see a situation where a, a move like this happens in the middle of October and they, Ooh. the two sides agree that they are going to, uh, you know, finish out the season, um, mm -hmm. um, with the status quo, um, you know, for five or six games or, you know, even seven games, if there's a bowl game at the end of things, normally you see a change made. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, a lot of changes, um, in, in terms of just number one, the competitive environment, but, you know, as you know, the, the signing period is in December. So you kind of want to have some stability for a lot of these, these high school kids who are, who are going through the recruiting process. And they know that, you know, Ed Ozeron is not going to be there anymore. And so they've got some decisions that need to be made. Um, you know, I still keep my ear to the ground there pretty closely. I still have, right. uh, you know, friends who cover the team and also, you know, one or two sources myself who I can, you know, talk, talk to every now and then to kind of get it, right. get a feel for what's going on behind the, behind the scenes. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, this seemed like it was something that was, wasn't terribly unexpected. I think the timing of it is what, is what kind of threw me and a lot of other people off, but, okay. uh, you know, it's wild. It's great. I mean, we're less than two years from a national title and yeah, that's, you know, that's arguably the greatest season of all time that, that, um, you know, that this has happened. So yeah, kind mm -hmm. of a shock that it happened, especially coming off of a win too uh coming off a big win that was a that was a fun right. game I, I got to i i had no ohio state game so i parked my butt on the couch and watched football for <laughs> 12 hours on saturday always nice always uh, nice 
and that was that was one of the fun games of the day um no question and and i was uh uh happy for you that that you got to got the win over florida and then this stuff comes up did it did yeah. it need to, did it need to happen um i, I mean Maybe you gave me just the sports writer reaction. What, what's right. your reaction as a grad, as a fan? Did that was did, did this need to happen? I think so. I think uh, you know, even if you take into account some a lot of the off the field stuff that yeah. um, that happened with Ozeron and LSU, which um, I'm going to plug here, was detailed in, in, in fantastic detail by uh, Brody Miller of the Athletic, who covers LSU and coincidentally was also an intern. Uh, with us at the Post Gazette back in uh, yes, 2016, but um, yes, Brody did a really good job of uh, uh, over at the Athletic at, at dealing, detailing kind of what the behind the scenes situation was. There was a lot of, uh, you know, LSU has been mired in some Title IX issues yep. over the past few years. There were some um, allegations of, of, you know, Ed Ozeron not properly handling certain situations, mm-hmm. whether it be uh, some of them, you know, criminal, some of them, uh, you know, even, um, you know, dealing with some of the, the inner workings of the team and, and, yeah. and re- related to a lot of protests and social justice, um, things that happened within the past couple of years, um, a lot of allegations about how he did, what he did and what he didn't do. So mm-hmm. I think it, it's sad to say because it's, uh, it, you know, college football a lot of times is a big business yeah. uh, that if he would have kept winning, I don't know if this would have happened. You know, I think a lot of people would have maybe, yeah. Yeah. you know, pushed a lot of that to the side. But once you start losing or once you start to quote unquote lose the fan base, and it seems like that had happened recently. Yeah, um, you know, there, there's going to be a push for for moves to be made. I think it's interesting. You know, they started this season off pretty poorly, and one of the the kind of final straws. It's a different. So I'm an SEC guy, as you knew, Mike. Right? I'm an SEC. You're 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 a you're a you know Midwestern guy, you know Big Ten guy. Uh, the difference between uh, what a noon Eastern start means for those two conferences is is vast. If you're in that big <laughs> noon, if you got a noon start for the big 10 you're excited you think that's the prime that's the prime spot to be in i'm old man i I would rather sleep in a little bit 330 is perfect for me i i agree i i think uh that's not the case at lsu (laughs) right if they could have every game at uh seven or eight they would and i think uh you know that slow start coupled with uh the announcement that the florida game homecoming yeah. Uh, against one of your biggest rivals, your cross division rival that you've played every year for the past 50 years is going to start at, you know, kickoff at 1106 local time. Uh, I was surprised that the stadium was, you know, 60 or 70 percent full or whatever <laughs> it was over the weekend. I was expecting nobody to be there. It looked right. Maybe it looked worse in person, but it looked fine on TV. And I it just kind of thought when that when that when that came when that game time came out, I was I was like, OK, this this might be this might be it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there were all the reports have said that this kind of separation agreement started before the Florida game. So yeah, um, okay. it kind of was, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, Florida game was fun. And then the 24 hours later, you start always Ooh. already thinking about who, uh, who's going to be the replacement. So <laughs> fun times oh, okay. for my fellow tiger, tiger, tiger grads. Okay. There's a, that you, you gave me an, a really nice seg. Um, I am appointing you uh, to be the guy leading the selection committee. Who's the first person you call? James Franklin. Okay. Okay. Why him? Uh, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think Franklin is, uh, I'll say, I'll just say that if you want to, if you win nine games at Vanderbilt twice, mm-hmm. like you know how to coach and do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Vanderbilt is not Absolutely. a place that Vanderbilt is not a place that, uh, that, that people win or mm-hmm. even come close to winning. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I think, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a talented recruiter, Penn state, as you know, um, their recruit recruiting class next year is, is, you know, top one or two in the country. Yes. According to yes. two, four, seven. Um, I uh, think top, that they're in be, the big 10 for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think they might've been number one for a while. And I think Alabama might've um, might've surpassed them, but yeah. I think um, given the history that Scott Woodward, the athletic director has, mm-hmm. uh, he is a guy who's taken big swings. He did it when he hired Kim Mulkey for women's basketball, okay. you know, a few months ago to, to, mm-hmm. from Baylor. He's the, he's the guy who hired uh, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. He's mm-hmm. the guy who hired uh, Chris Peterson at Washington from Boise state. So he's mm-hmm. a guy okay. who's kind of made those calls, you know, and, and basically makes, candidates say no you know i don't mm-hmm. think it's gonna be a situation where um lsu doesn't even go after somebody that they might want he's gonna make somebody he's gonna make them say no and i think um you know it, it'd be really historic it'd be really special to me if lsu had a, a an african-american coach mm-hmm. um i think there might be somewhat of a push to do that because of uh you know some of the problems that you know have been uh, allegedly you know uh, detailed regarding Orgeron. Yep. maybe to kind of make the call um, LSU's president is a, is a, is a black man, uh, mm-hmm. William Tate, who was hired within the past few months. Um, but even all that aside, I think if you're looking at, at, uh, at coaches who might be able, you might be able to pluck away from somewhere who have mm-hmm. power five experience. Mm-hmm. Um, if James Franklin can recruit to state college, I think he could do a pretty good job doing it at, at Baton Rouge. So that's probably the first call I make and, and, okay. um, at least gauge some interest there. Okay. Um, I, I've I, got a long list if you want me to put that. <laughs> I, I told you I wouldn't keep you too long because uh, this is your last day to rest got, before the season starts. I've got nothing. I've got I've got Monday Night Raws on over here in nice. my peripheral in, yeah. in my peripheral view. I'm I'm good. I, I can talk for. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. I I, I I wanted to get your thoughts about this because I mean it, it, the timing really right. was crazy that that it came up. Um, I did. Wear, yeah, I mean um, we talked we talked about before the Ole Miss game was what our initial plan was, not thinking that it would be the the first game of a new era. I was just kind of saying, right? LSU will have a better record this week than when they play Alabama. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, yeah, and that's that. That is the thing having having <laughs> yeah. to, to 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 go deal with it with the Death Star. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, so anyway, I, I appreciate you taking me through that stuff. Um, do they, do they need to get somebody in place before the early signing period? Do you think? No, I mean, I mean is that even possible. I don't think, it, I don't even think it's possible unless you bring okay. in somebody who is, you know, you know, I'm, I'm tossing out big names and I'm not saying that they're candidates or anything at all, but mm-hmm. unless you get someone who's not coaching right now, like a, you know, like a Bob Stoops or, a, um, or Chris Peterson, yep. who I mentioned earlier, who is, yep. you know, I think just kind of a, you know, special advisor at Washington or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think, I don't think that that is going to be something that's plausible. LSU by and large, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of recruits itself, you you know, kids in state by and large, like they're going to the school, not necessarily the, the coach, the coach can certainly help, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, if they're, if there's talented kids in the state who want to go to LSU um, I think they're going to, you know, either, either play the waiting game and see who the coach is or just stay committed to the school. And Ozeron has said, um, he said today in his press conference um, or Monday in his press conference that, you know, I'm going to keep recruiting for LSU. I'm going to, I'm going to keep, you know, doing whatever I can. And I, and I tend to believe okay. him. I mean, he's a Louisiana guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think he's going to sabotage LSU or, or anything as um, intentionally, maybe unintentionally he has at times, but uh, I don't think he's going to do that in terms of recruiting. <laughs> so, uh, 
but yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun couple months to kind of look at the job search, and I'm gonna be glued to Twitter and and right. to, you know the betting odds and all this stuff to kind of see <laughs> who's rising okay. and falling. It's gonna be it's gonna distract me from the NBA season. So there's <laughs> eh, a pleasant distraction. That's okay. Right. That, that right. won't hurt you too much. <laughs> um. Well, I I appreciate you taking through that, uh, going through that stuff, uh, with us. We're gonna get to our our regular program. And hopefully this will be a, a, a happier subject for you uh, when we talk about um, the we take a look back at last weekend. Uh, what, what's the best thing you saw in college football uh, last Saturday? Uh, it was LSU beating Florida. <laughs> that's, that's a softball. You, that is a softball. Yeah, you, knew, yes. you knew I had to say that, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, man, I, I, when I was in school, was it was great. That, that yeah. rivalry is... Um, it's their one East versus West rival. So they play each other every year. Okay. Um, you know, much like Alabama and Tennessee play every mm-hmm. year, Georgia, Auburn, um, you know, that's the one East versus West rival. They play, they played every year for the past 50. When I was in school, um, uh, each school won my four years of college, LSU and Florida combined to win three national titles. It was, uh, it as, was, as I am, I am painfully aware. Of yeah. Of the, <laughs> right. Yes. You know, the, the first, the first thing is that <sighs> Chris, Chris Leak and, and, and Tim Tebow, and then LSU uh-huh. won in, in 2007, and then the Tebow, uh-huh. the Tebow team in 08. So uh, I have a special place in my heart for disliking Florida. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember being at the, you know, at the game when they were, you know, um, it was LSU was number one, I think, and Florida's number nine. And okay. a lot of students in the student section got Tim Tebow's cell number and, and, and called him throughout the week. And I think he had to change it. Uh, just kids being kids, but wow. yeah, I don't like Florida and I'm glad LSU beat them um, two years in a row where Florida clearly was the better team. So uh-huh. that was, uh, I think that objectively was the best thing in college football this weekend. And, and I will not hear any other um, answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, this is, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to take a stab at it um, because uh, there was a, the, the first half and, and one play in particular um, uh, what was was spectacular from my view? Uh, the, my Ohio Bobcats were playing at Buffalo. Uh, right. This was this was a noon game. Um, they they led at halftime, twenty one ten, and the highlight of that half was um, after after a nice goal line stand. Uh, OU takes the ball over at their own one yard line, um, and, and Armani Rogers, OU's quarterback, is you know standing in the in his own end zone. <laughs> Takes the snap, uh, picks a, a OU does a nice job of uh, uh, sealing the outside, sealing the left side of the line, and he just he just goes and he's gone. Yeah, uh, Buffalo, a uh, couple of Buffalo DBs took awful angles uh, to because he's the guy's not that fast. Um, <laughs> ninety nine yards, ninety nine yards, touchdown. yeah, fast enough. That's that's all you need. Ninety nine yards. I guess ESPN says that that's the, the longest uh, longest touchdown run by a quarterback uh, in in um. Uh, uh, d1 history which is a nice thing wow yeah so we got that i think i realized 21 10 at halftime uh then ou scores only a field goal and a safety for the rest (laughs) of the game and they still won when buffalo's kicker shanked a a a a field goal attempt at the end of the uh at the end of the game as time expired except that ou was offside on the play and (laughs) and that kicker Alex McNulty kicked the winner on his second attempt. So best thing was the first half. Second, <laughs> not second best thing. Worst thing will, will be the second half. 
uh, that, that was, makes that, sense. That was difficult. That was that was a little stressful. <laughs> um, and that's the kind of silliness we can get into uh, when you're talking about group of group of five games, uh, boys and girls. And here is AJ. Uh, he's going to tell you what's coming up in that world this weekend. AJ, please. Hello, everyone. It is this week's Week 8 Group of 5 Pac-12 After Dark Report. I will have some very sad news about the After Dark portion of this uh, later in this segment. We start on Friday, 6 p.m., Middle Tennessee at UConn. Now, why do I start with this game? Because UConn watch is real. UConn getting their very first win in two calendar years against Yale welcomes Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee... Not great either. Um, but hey, guess what? It's on CBS SN, the network of champions. Uh, over under on this game, aka the AJ Fund Index, is 56. Middle's favored by two touchdowns. You should, I mean, you can watch this game if you'd like. 7 p.m., Memphis at UCF. This used to be the big uh, barn burner, big main event sort of game. And this year, they both have three losses. Um, the Americans weird this year, uh, other than the fact that Cincinnati is ranked number two. That's right, group of top five. Um, we're here, but Memphis and UCF are not nearly what they usually are. However, however, the over-under on this game is 63, and UCF is favored by one and a half at home, which means fun index at maximum. Also, this is being played in a place called the Bounce House. Uh, that's 7 p.m. ESPN2. 9.30 p.m., Colorado State at Utah State. Both of these teams doing way better than everyone really expected. Um, over under 58.5, so this could fare, uh, fare well. Colorado State th- minus 3.5. This is honestly one of the like low-key sleeper Mountain West games that uh, you may find uh, interesting. 9.30 p.m., so when you're done watching UConn possibly win or lose, who's to say? Uh, you can just keep the channel on and watch Colorado State, Utah State. Do not watch Washington, Arizona. That game will be gross. Also, it's on ESPN2 at 10.30 at night. Ugh. Anyways, moving on to Saturday. Uh, noon slate. Looking a little rough. Because Big Ten teams, big Big Ten teams like Penn State and Michigan are playing bad Big Ten teams like Northwestern and Illinois. Do not watch those games unless you hate yourself. Okay? However... At noon, we've got Maction. We haven't talked about the Mac in the Group of Five After Dark report, much to crappy chagrin. Northern, Northern Illinois uh, going to Central Michigan. Uh, this game could get really, really good. Both of these teams are very highly winning in the Mac. Um, and the over-under right now is 58. So this could get pointsy and stupid. Let's let it happen. Uh, we're going to scroll on past most of the rest of the noon games and down into the 3.30 slot where we have Oregon at UCLA at 3.30 on ABC. Um, this is effectively a potential Pac-12 title game preview. UCLA favored by two. I don't know why. Over-under in this game, 59.5. Chip Kelly going back against his uh, uh, the team where he had his greatest successes. This could be really fun, and it's on national television. Wow. But the games I really wanted to talk about are down in the 7 p.m. slot because we've got Mountain West bangers this week. Number 22, San Diego State, 6-0, going to Fort Collins. No, is that Fort Collins? Yes, Fort Collins uh, to play Air Force. 
Uh, this game should be over in a tidy 56 minutes because both teams run the absolute crap out of the ball. Neither team uh, is going to throw the ball. They just don't do that. Uh, so this game should be nice and tidy. Uh, I expect. I mean, the over-under on this game is 40. Very low fun index, but what we lack in fun, we make up in efficiency. That should be a really great game. Also at 7 p.m. on Likely Stadium, uh, we've got UTSA, first time ever ranked at number 24, going to Ruston, Louisiana to play Louisiana Tech. Meep, meep, yet again. UTSA, uh, minus seven. Their defense is suspect, but over under a 60, this game should be pretty fun. Additionally, in the 7 p.m. hour, we've got Nevada at Fresno. Y'all, the over-under in this game is 65, and I need you to hammer the over because you've got Carson Strong and Jake Hayner throwing haymakers all game. This is on FS2. You may need to find that channel. It might be on your on your cable guide. We do not know where it is, but it's there, and you should watch this game, the Bad Ad Fresno State, at 7 p.m. Now, I need to tell you about the Pac-12 night game, which is at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Pac-12 Network. It's Utah at Oregon State. This game should actually be very good. Utah favored by three, over under 56.5. Both teams coming off uh, some fairly big wins this year, so this should be good. But there's no late slate this week. There's no 10 p.m. games. There's no 9 p.m. games. There's no 10.30 games. This is this is an attack by college football on me, personally, really. Um, but there is one game in the deep late slate, and that is my beloved Hawaii Rainbow Warriors uh, welcoming New Mexico State. Hawaii should win this game handily because New Mexico State is very bad, and Hawaii is very good on the big island. So I expect to see uh, some fireworks very, very late at night. But, you know, if you don't want to watch Hawaii football, I don't I don't deny you that, especially if you're an East Coast person. So you might actually just get like a regular bedtime this week. Good night, crappy. Uh, you can just go to bed early this week. This has been your Group of Five report. Uh, my name's AJ. Hopefully we'll have a late slate next week. Uh, who's to say? The college football gods may just hate the late slate anymore. Uh, they've been doing too many of those 9 p.m. SEC games, and I think that got them all riled up, and they said, no, 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 back to 4 o'clock where you belong. Um, so that's it. Uh, and I'll throw it back to Krabby and our special guest. Thanks. AJ, thank you. Um, do, 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 do you watch a lot of the uh, Group of Five football when you have a chance? I, I tell you, I, I watch as much uh, Sunbelt football as I, as I can. I'm, a, I'm an LSU grad, but I am uh-huh. a uh, native, proud native of Lafayette, Louisiana, and the, yeah, and right. the Raging right. Cajuns. Raging Cajuns have been doing uh, pretty well the past uh, few years. A couple of my, double crushed my Bobcats in the season. <laughs> a couple of uh, double digit double digit uh, win seasons. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I'll tell you, we, 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 you know, they, they've got a guy there, Billy Napier, who, uh, whose name could pop up in the LSU coaching search. He's a guy who um, obviously knows that the area well, knows Louisiana has had mm-hmm. a, a few years of some sustained uh, success. He, mm, you know, okay. coached, coached at Alabama mm-hmm. uh, as a, I believe he was the wide receivers uh, coach for, uh, okay. in the, you know, 2014, 15, 16 uh, uh-huh. region. Uh, coaching receivers so he's kind of familiar with the conference uh mm-hmm. that'd be a big jump to get up to uh, from ul lafayette to lsu but you know okay might be worth a phone call so yeah I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try it's worth a up, worth a try keep up with sunbelt as much as i can i've, I've okay. got nothing but love for my, my hometown raging cajuns it's kind of like it's kind of like you right it's a it's like a you know your hometown, sure, yes. you gotta <laughs> maybe maybe yes. it's a different level but you know the, the, the hometown, it's the same thing gotta, it's yeah, the same yeah. thing it's the same thing um i did what 
did the Sun Belt do something weird like declare them co-champions with Coastal last year? Just the I, way I, everything worked out. You know what? I can't. I I can't remember. I think they might have because I'm not sure if they actually played in the championship. It, I, I, I feel like I it might have been a. It might have been a situation where they were supposed to play, and then, uh-huh. uh, you know, there was a uh, a COVID issue with one of the teams yeah. or something. I, I, that and sounds they just right. Kind of were the co-champions. Um, I mean, I know, but like, you know, they they beat Coast- Appalachian State recently, so yes. that that's I one of the them. teams you got to. Yeah, that's one of the teams you gotta you gotta pay attention to uh-huh. in the conference. So, um, but yeah, Coastal's good. <laughs> it would be and Coastal's rolling again. Um, yep. I talked with AJ about that last week. Uh, so I, I would love to see that game. That that would yeah. be a, that would be a fun title game to take in. They should um, play, and then LSU should call whichever coach wins. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think should happen. Yeah, that's not a bad that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Just call it the uh, call it the uh, the, uh, the LSU Bowl and. <laughs> go from there um we're gonna stop from from a a group of five after dark we're gonna take one brief foray our weekly brief foray into fcs after dark uh which was actually after dark last week they played on friday i have two two awesome things to report first cornell picked up its first win of the season 34 28 against colgate on friday night at shell cop field in ithaca second my nephew drew powell Got his first two carries as a college football player. Now, his stat line, uh, two carries, net one yard. Um, that's thanks largely to the uh, unblocked outside linebacker who, who um, met, <laughs> met him right after he took his first handoff uh, deep in the backfield. Um, uh, Drew actually broke that tackle, but uh, was, uh, was slowed down enough that they, he was stopped for a, a one-yard loss there. Um, yeah, he but, got a stat line. I, 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 mean, I look, I could look in ESPN.com and there's my, my nephew yeah. with the, with the staff line. That's, that, that's yeah. pretty, that's, that's pretty awesome. Obviously I'm stoked on both accounts. Uh, hoping that fun continues uh, Saturday again at home. Um, Cornell hosts Brown, uh, which has the same record uh, one and four and oh, and two in the Ivy league. Uh, so I'm hopeful that this can a turn into a winning streak for the big red and B uh, turn into a couple more carries for for uh, for number thirty, uh, number one in our hearts, number thirty in your program, number thirty <laughs> with the white shoes, number thirty with the white shoes. The um, the the starting middle linebacker is a, a kid from Seneca Valley. Actually, I can't remember what his Ooh. name is, but he is thirty with the black shoes. Drew is thirty with white shoes. When I, whatever, <laughs> however that works. It's a good way to good way to good way to separate it. Yeah, yeah, it's clear. Um, okay, we have our big boy games to talk about as well. Um, and we're going to start with the one that that Tyler's going to be paying attention to uh, at 3.30 on Saturday. This is LNU at number 12, Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss is favored by nine and a half points. And um, the over-under, which what we're calling the AJ Fund Index, uh, is an exceptional, exceptional 75 and a half points. <laughs> um, uh, Tyler, I'm going to let you take this, uh, take the, the first crack at this one. What do you, what do you think? Look, I can't. I, my, my gut, uh-huh. my gut tells me, my, my mind tells me one result and my heart tells me another. And there's no way I can't. On this show, we typically, when that, when that stuff comes up, we typically go with our hearts. Absolutely. I think LSU is going to go to Oxford and win. LSU is going to Oxford, beating Ole Miss. They did mm-hmm. it last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
They uh, obviously Ole Miss is a, a team with a lot of offensive firepower. Their defense is not that great. Um, so LSU, maybe it could be a, a track meet type game like LSU had this this past week against, right. against Florida. Um, I think they're going to go there and they're uh, they're going to show out. They're going to win, and Lane Kiffin's going to realize that LSU has some athletes, and he's going to pick up the phone when LSU calls, and he's going to be a finalist for the LSU job. <laughs> ah, okay. I'm hijacking this podcast, Mike. Mike, this, nah, is the, this is the best week for this. This is why I had you on, <laughs> and this is why it worked out so well. Um, hey, Kiffin was almost there uh, a couple years ago. Uh, Ozeron wanted to hire him as offensive coordinator, and then uh, FAU took the he took the FAU head coaching job. Those two obviously have a past, um, yeah. detailed past. When Kiffin got fired, Ozeron took over as interim coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Ozeron was his defensive line coach at Tennessee, so. Um, I'm sure those two are talking this weekend. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Lane will help out his buddy and maybe <laughs> call off the dogs early. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Okay, okay. Um, I, it's, it's it's interesting. I, I mean, LSU can win this game. Um, I, there's there's no. If you watched on uh, the Florida game, there there's there there is no shortage of talent there. Oh, the talent's um, there. Yep. I mean, this is this is a, a a team that can compete with almost anybody. Right. Um. Uh, there are questions. Um, I, I read something today. Old Mrs. Quarterback's a little dinged up. Yeah, Mackerel is uh, questionable. And Ozeron actually said, Ozeron said maybe it's a, might be a situation of Kiffin just kind of, uh, you know, not being completely uh, forthcoming with, that could with be. his good friend over on the other side. But that could be. Um, um, you know, but he's I, good. That quarterback is good. Uh, he, he, is, he is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I, I, wonder, I don't know if, if, if Ed is completely lost uh his current team um i i, I think about uh, 1987 when when ohio state announced right be, the week before the michigan game that they were firing earl bruce um mm-hmm. and that and the team really rallied uh around him and upset michigan uh in ann arbor uh, that that was a game that they should not have won they had a, a really rough right. year um i i don't know if that's in if that's that kind of sentiment exists for ed ogeron uh in the, in the program, you might be a better person to answer that question. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think if it, if it did, it, you would have seen it pop up against Florida. I think after the Kentucky, uh, the Kentucky yeah. loss by you know losing to Kentucky by twenty one. No, no disrespect to Kentucky, they're a good team, but it's still yeah. it's still Kentucky football. Mm-hmm. I think if if he would have quote unquote lost the team completely, you would have seen it pop up at a eleven o'clock game against against Florida, or at least seen some some signs of it. It doesn't, doesn't look like oh, that. Was okay. The case. That's a good point. That's a good Plus, point. You know, Ozeron, uh, Ozeron is, is really good when he's an interim. He was good at USC. He was good at LSU, like interim, <laughs> interim coach and Ozeron is, is maybe the best coach of all time. Uh, so we should change so his title this week. Yeah. Let's change his title and see what happens. Yeah. Let's, let's go. <laughs> let's, let's get to, let's get to that capital one bowl or, or outback uh, bowl or something make it, make it. Okay. Successful. Yeah. Okay. Can't wait um, to can't wait to face Iowa in January first or whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I so I, that's you you wonder about stuff like that. I mean, how right. how does how does the team respond to stuff? Uh, this kind of news and and you know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, as I said, LSU can win this game. I yeah. I, I have no question about that in my mind. I I mean, if you're if you if we're talking about money, I think you probably need to pick Ole Miss. Um, right. I will be, I, I will be, I will be cheering for LSU. Absolutely. Um, but your because, wallet will not. <laughs> uh, my wallet's going to sit this one out, I think. Uh, 
but um i i i just i, I love watching lane kiffin get twitchy um he, he's almost <laughs> as fun uh when he's uncomfortable as jim harbaugh is so that's that's <laughs> That's a that's a fun thing, and and hopefully that will be the outcome on Saturday. <laughs> um, this game is the next game is sort of an outlier for for the Carla Crappy Show because it just that we have a history with this matchup, but it's in a different way. That at three thirty on Saturday, uh, in the Mustard Bowl, which is like right over my shoulder, you can see it. It's, <laughs> Quint. it's right it's, there. Uh, Clemson at number twenty three Pitt. Let me let me repeat that. Clemson at <laughs> number twenty three Pitt. Uh, the Panthers are favored by three. The AJ Fundex is a fairly weak 46 and a half points. Um, obviously, you've been involved covering uh, covering college sports here in town for several years. Um, what do you think about Pitt this year? I think Pitt is good. Yeah. I think yeah. Pitt's going to win the ACC, man. I think uh, they lost to Western Michigan, and it was kind of like, I remember telling, I, I told our, our good pal, uh, Sean Gentile, uh, yeah. also at the athletic, yeah. uh, who I remember saying, I, I've never been more convinced that Pitt's going to win the coastal after they lost <laughs> yeah. Western, lost to Western Michigan. It seemed like a, like a foregone conclusion. And they've, that's you know, the their dumb, that's the dumb game that Pitt always loses. Right. Um, and then they, and, they, they got it out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Or got it early and, and they went down the you know beat Virginia Tech. They they yeah. they beat uh they beat Tennessee, which is you know, Tennessee's okay, but that's still a tough place to go down and yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um at Neyland Stadium, a hundred hundred thousand. As you saw, you know, with Tennessee and Ole Miss, those fans are are rowdy. Um so no, my man, I, I just I just think Clemson is not that great. They don't have that all-world talent at quarterback and mm-hmm. at running back like they've had in the past. And they they've they've got some obviously some athletes on the outside, but you know, schematically and stuff, it's just not clicking. And I think Pitt yeah. is, you know, if they can just, you know, not think about this game in, in too big of a fashion. And mm-hmm. I mean, they've on paper, they should win given the season they've had. So yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a big weekend for the Panthers. I'm interested to see what the crowd is like, you know, um, that's a game that you should, get, you should sell out or get pretty yes. close Yes. with, even if Clemson is unranked, that name brand coming to town on a, on a three thirty start, like that place should have, you know, if at least 50,000 people in it, but we'll see if that, that actually happens. I would, I don't know. I, I know it, it does not happen very often. Um, no, I, not I, at all. We, um, when they were, when they were both still in the big East, there was a game, uh, Cincinnati came here for the, ostensibly the, the big East title. Cause I don't think the big East had a title game. Um, and, uh, my dad wanted to go. So I got four tickets <clears> for <throat> my wife and my folks. Uh, and we wanted to cheer for Pitt to beat Cincinnati because um, Cincinnati fans are obnoxious and, <laughs> uh, and in-state thing. It's, it's, it's difficult to explain. No, I, I get it. I get it. And that game was a sellout. And, and that's, you, know, you get a, a brief sense of what college football in Pittsburgh could be or used to be or whatever is the case. Uh, obviously the Penn State games here in right. the interim have, have, have sold out or, or sold very, very well. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, specifically. Um. But yeah, God, Pitt fans. I mean, one of these one of these two quarterbacks is getting Heisman Trophy discussions, and and it's not the time for an orange, right? Um, Pitt's got Kenny. Kenny Flick. Kenny, Kenny Flick. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not even a pit. It's not even a Pitt fan thing. I mean, if I yeah. I I'm not uh, I, I'm not going to be in town this this weekend because of a, a wedding back home in right. Louisiana. But right. if you're a fan of college football, you've got you know you've got a big one of the biggest you know brand names and, and you got a ranked team in your 
um, in, in your backyard. It's, it, you know, if the weather's nice, you know, it'd be something to just go out and, and experience, even if you're not going to stay the whole game, go out and watch a, you know, watch, watch some college football for an hour and a half or two hours. If, if, might, even might if you're not that, a big actually. fan. Yeah. It's, it, because it, Ohio, should, State Ohio State doesn't play till seven 30. I could. Huh. Yeah, and you're you're a hop, you know, hop skipping to jump away from the from the mustard uh, the mustard bowl out yeah. uh, out in your area. So go down and <laughs> give me a FaceTime, and I'll, I'll watch the game as I get ready for this uh, this wedding. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, listen, I mean, as as far as I think, what's what's going to happen? I mean, I, I know everybody in the ACC is like, "Ooh, I can't wait till Clemson shows up on the schedule," because this is like the Clemson revenge tour, uh, right. for, for the right. for the last six or seven years. Um, pitch should win this. It's just it is it is that simple. Uh, and no, and I, I think you just jinxed it. No, I, you yeah, said, I, know, I know. You said Pitt should win it. Now they're going to lose by fifty. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't. It's we've seen we you and I both seen it happen before. But right, um, yeah. I, I think that's a, a. I might watch. I don't know. I might have to. It should be it. fun. It'd be fun. Uh, uh, uh fun. Uh, at seven thirty on Saturday, I was <laughs> nice. not think I was not thinking this was going to be fun at the beginning of the season. Uh, number five, Ohio State at Indiana. Ohio State is favored by nineteen and a half points. Uh, the AJ Fundex uh, Fun Index is a respectable sixty points. Um, I was terrified about this game in the summer. <laughs> that is that is mellowed out now, and and you Makes I mean, you you are as angsty a college football fan as I am. Um, right. what, what what do you see about what do you see with this one? I mean, I, I think the the cliche thing is to worry about this kind of being a quote unquote trap game, mm-hmm. uh, just because you know Penn, Penn State is next weekend um, yes. uh, is Halloween weekend, and yes. I know that game is in Columbus. But you kind of start to look at, okay, Iowa lost. Oh, no you know, if you're not, you know, Iowa lost, they're out of the, they're out of, not out of the picture because they'll probably still win the West. But mm-hmm. they they certainly look beatable, and um, you know, one of the Michigan teams are going to beat each other in a couple of weeks. So you start yep. to look at, man, if we can just get past. You know, Penn State uh, Halloween weekend will be in a good position, and, and you kind of overlook, you know, an Indiana team. Obviously, Penix is, you know, is a big, uh, big loss. Right? He's still out, right? Yes. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, so. he. I haven't heard anything about this week. Um, so he's. Right. Uh, they they keep saying week to week. Um, so I, he he could but play. I think it's I think it's gonna be a, a blowout in, in in Ohio State's favor. I mean, I just think the talent okay. discrepancy. Ohio State is, you know, they started out, uh, you know, that 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 Minnesota game was rough and then they obviously lost to Oregon, but yes. uh, the past few games they've looked, you know, uh, you know, they've, they've embarrassed Maryland and, and Rutgers and, and, and Akron. Like the, I think they're, they've got confidence and yeah, I think it'll be a relatively, uh, relatively easy um, mm-hmm. afternoon or evening, I should say uh, this, this Saturday, but you know, it's college football. We'll mm-hmm. see. I just said LSU was going to beat Ole Miss. So, <laughs> so who knows what will happen. It's, 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 it's totally legit. Um, I, as I said, I, I was you know looking at the schedule. Um, uh, Michael Penix was was uh, played out of his mind last year, um, right? And and they they pushed Ohio State harder than anybody, harder than Clemson maybe in the semifinal. Right. Even. Um, yeah. I, so you know you, you look at that and it's like eh. um, his injury. It, it, even before the injury, he was not playing like he did. Um, right. And I think right. like, like a couple two or three touchdowns to seven picks or something like that. I'm, I'm trying to figure that off the top of my head. Um, yeah. Th- uh, I'll tell you that game that Ohio State has to look for now is uh, 
you know, they got Purdue, which now is like a game that you got to have to pay attention to that maybe <laughs> that maybe like you didn't a few weeks ago. <laughs> the, I don't know what it is about the damn Indiana teams. Um, <laughs> I, and that's the, the other thing about Indiana is, is that, and Carl and I have talked about this for several years, they give Ohio State fits. I don't know why. Um, and it's, they, they never play defense against the Buckeyes, but, um, they score and they score and they yeah. score yeah. and, and, you know, you look at the scoreboard and it's 42, 35 and I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, I, I, I think this will be better. I, I mean, it's, it, it should be, um, that, that offense will still be a nice test for Ohio state's defense was a sort of right. recovering from the shell shock of the early part of the season. Right. Uh, right. Really young on the back end. So that's, that's, that's a good test before we start murderers row mm-hmm. next weekend. Um, because the, the, the finish of the season, uh, especially the, the big 10 East games are, are just insane. Um, yeah. And it's, it's around Robin, you know, it's Ohio state, Penn state, Michigan, Michigan state. Uh, they all play each other. Um, it's going to be entertaining as hell, but yeah, I'm not going to help my heartburn a whole lot. And, <laughs> and then you throw Purdue into that as well. Anyway, this game, this game. Um, so I, I'm cool with with testing the defense. Um, that's something that will be helpful later on. Uh, Ohio State's offense uh, has been looking fantastic uh, yeah. the last couple of games. So. Regardless of what happens on the other side of the ball, Ohio State's going to score and and score a lot, um, and then we can then we can start thinking about Penn State. <laughs> I th- this fourth game um, at seven thirty Saturday, USC at number thirteen Notre Dame. Uh, ND is favored by seven. The AJ Fundex a fair fifty eight points. I, I have to give you some background on this. We have a thing on the show called the Stanford Postulate, um, which okay. holds. Uh, that tree loses the games that it should not and wins the games that it should not. Um, okay. This has held up fairly well over the past few years. Um, AJ has proposed a, a, a new uh, a variant of this. Um, he's calling it the USC postulate. This holds, and it's, this okay. is just for this year. This is just his observations for this year. Um, the Trojans at least in 2021 win on the road but not in the friendly confines of the la coliseum Mm -hmm. we're going to test that this week um and that's that's really the only reason why i included this game because it doesn't i'm not sure that this game has any bearing on anything besides besides this uh so do do you do you have a a feeling one way or the other about how this game's going to go no, I mean, I tell you, I haven't paid too much uh, attention to USC, I'll be honest, since Clay Helton got fired. Um, you know, I have a couple of good friends who who are Notre Dame fans, so I, I you know, politely pull against Notre Dame whenever, uh, <laughs> whenever mm-hmm. we, are, we are talking. Um, I still, I, I mean, I think Notre Dame still, you know, they still have a lot to play for in a sense. Like, they, they, have, yeah. they have a loss, but, you know, you've seen that, you know, uh, besides Georgia, you know, everybody else up there, Cincinnati obviously is undefeated, but there are teams that, um, you know, Michigan, you would imagine is going to have a loss at some point. Um, I'm sure you, you hope at least two or three. I would imagine at least one. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, (laughs) Penn State's already, already has a loss. You've got uh, Oregon has a loss. Uh, So Notre Dame deceptively, you know, they could, they're Notre Dame. They could sneak in and be at least in that conversation. Um, I, 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 I just don't see USC, you know, doing it and and pulling it off this, this week. I think 
it'll probably be a typical Notre Dame game, like like a lot of Notre Dame games, where it's way closer than you think it should be, right? Uh, on paper, but in the end, they end up winning by like a touchdown or, or and ten the, points the, or something. The nuns do something, and then something happens, and <laughs> right? They, yeah, they win yeah, yeah. That they'll, they'll probably they'll probably be fine. I'd like USC to win, but uh, I've got a, a buddy who actually used to be on LSU staff, who's on USC staff now, and uh, oh. he's a real. He's a real good guy, and uh, I know he enjoyed he's enjoying his time out in Southern California. So for him, uh, my heart, I'll pull for him, but I, I, okay. don't, I just don't know if it's going to happen. Okay, okay. I my my interest in this is mostly scientific um, to see if we can if we it's can more than me prove prove the USC <laughs> postulate uh, to be true or false. Um, I, 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 I again, this is a situation where uh, it, it not unlike LSU, SC is talented. Um, right, you know they're not. I don't think they're talented like they were uh, in the Reggie Bush years, um, you know, Reggie Bush, Matt right. Leonard, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, you know, SC should be, ha- have enough talent on the roster to, to beat teams um, when, you know, when they're paying attention, when mm-hmm. they're interested in the game. Um, and, and that, that could happen. Uh, here. Right. Um, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I don't. You remember um, uh, my intern Gabby, who went to Notre Dame a couple of years ago. Yep. Yep. Uh, she was actually a guest host the week of the uh, the ND uh, Cincinnati game, um, <laughs> and I and I had the I had to tell her that that Cincinnati was going to win that, and, and uh, she was <laughs> a little mad go. at me. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, I I I I think SC again. SC could win this game. Um, right. I am. I'm gonna lean Notre Dame. I think, uh, but this is not at all uh, the automatic thing that that uh, Notre Dame fans might assume. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, think it'll be it'll be a tight one, and and um, maybe some of that that weird Notre Dame magic happens at the end, and uh, and then they get that yeah. they get that to pull this out. But um, so I'm gonna uh, I will I will I will pick Notre Dame for this one. Ah, uh, boys and girls, you can hear the Carlo and Crappy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a bunch of other podcasting services. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube and on the show's Facebook page. If you like us, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you don't, um, mind your own damn business and be sure to come <laughs> back next week uh, when you can see exactly, Tyler won't be with us, but you can see exactly how wrong I was. Uh, Tyler, what is your one final thing? uh for for college football this week uh i really enjoy those uh wendy's commercials that reggie bush has been doing they're funny they are good they are they're good. funny yeah <laughs> he puts some good. fun in himself and the food looks good i've never had wendy's that looks that good i've had wendy's that I, looks good but I have not never commercial had, quality have you ever had breakfast from wendy's i had breakfast once never never once. i never you have know, you know i live not that far from 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 a wendy's and and they it's always confusing whether the uh, the, the drive through is open or not. We've gone there and been told in the morning that uh, <laughs> that no, it's drive through only, and then that's a depressing depressing walk back. But uh, I don't think Reggie Bush has anything to do with that. Those commercials is that the, is that the one at Fort Butler? Uh, no, this the uh, the one on um, Bomb. Okay, on Bomb. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. I just I, I moved just... I moved I moved over the past uh, since I left the the, the paper so. <laughs> That's a different okay. Wendy's. I'm that's, near. I'm closer uh, to a different Wendy's. Okay, now. Yeah. that's cool. That's cool. I just I I have to drive by McDonald's when I go to if I was going to go get breakfast at Wendy's, and I'm just like I, I'm kidding. I'll just go to McDonald's. Yeah, it's right there. It's right there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those those commercials are good. Um, are you as tired as I am of of Fansville? 
Is that does anybody yeah. like those anymore? You know, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I'll tell you, this was, this was going to be my other one final thing, but now I'm okay. just going to bring it up because I'm just going to you. I'm yeah, sorry. Go, go ahead. I'm, I'm, in, I'm confused as to why Joe Burrow isn't in the Heisman house commercials. You know, like, that, like really he's good point. I imagine it was because he was rehabbing his, his knee, but like you could, you could kind of, you know, stand you up with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like Devonte Smith has popped up in it and Kyler mm-hmm. Murray, but like they're, they're, They've got they've skipped Burrow, and I don't know why. If anybody out there has an answer, please let me know. Uh, it's a big, it's been a, a big question mark of, uh, of between me and some of my friends. Uh, we we want answers to this. Why is That's, why is Joe Burrow not in the Heisman? House that commercials? had not occurred to me before, and I I, <laughs> I, I love those spots. Um, yeah, and, and I love I love that Baker Mayfield um, is is so willing to make fun of himself, right? Uh, and yeah. those things that yeah. is, that those are so awesome. The uh, if you see the full length. Uh, Auburn celebration commercial where Baker's stuck yeah. in, the, in the bathroom going, Hey guys, right. I need some toilet paper and you're taking it all. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, find, you can find it on YouTube or whatever. Um, but th- those spots are excellent. I had not, I, that had not occurred to me that he's not. Yeah. I, yeah. Huh. I don't know why. Um, this is a good time to point out. Uh, I am. Oh, yes. Do you see the nameplate on that? This yeah. one, I, I'm claiming, I think we talked about this. I think I claim. We claim Joe Burrow is the seven and a half, if that's a word, Heisman Trophy winner at Ohio State. Yeah, I, I think that, that, there was we'll, we'll allow, some percentage, yeah. some percentage in there. As long as the total is uh, one and a half, because it can't okay. be half LSU, half Ohio State. Be half, half Ohio. That I'm not a math major, okay. but we still get full credit. Like there's okay. a, that's some extra credit. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I, I can I can deal with that. For those of you guys who are, who are listening to the podcast, I am wearing my Ohio State jersey. That is Joe Burrow's. Um, and you know we know how that goes, but that's that is an excellent point, and that's not occurred to me. Um, he's got to show up in those at some point soon. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, maybe maybe it was because he won right after, you know, that that summer was the pandemic, and they maybe mm-hmm. didn't film any, mm-hmm. and but you know that doesn't preclude like you know the most recent ones because I know Devonte Smith I mean, has popped up in in one. Archie Griffin's in there polishing both of his Heisman trophies. Right. The one. Yeah. So Just put if Archie's in there, he's got to be got to be okay. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. My my one final thing um, is uh, I'm taking advantage of the fact that you are with us. Um, I am not going to ask you <laughs> to tell me what all the Cleveland Cavaliers need to do to return to relevance because we don't. <laughs> there's not time. Uh, there's not time for that. I will ask you uh, the two NBA finalists and who will win the finals this year. Oh goodness. Um... I can I can tell you um, who I picked in our uh, the athletics preseason prediction uh, that works that, that's piece totally that that came out earlier in the week. Okay, um, it came out on Tuesday, um, and I honestly don't remember, so I have to now check. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I was boring. Uh, yeah, I just went I went Brooklyn over Utah in the finals. Um, uh, okay, I think I think. I think we'll, we're just going to see a season where Harden and Durant are just kind of upset and saying we're still two of the best five mm. players in the league and we're just going to we're going to make this work. And I think it could be the whole uh, Kyrie Irving situation could be a little deceptively 
beneficial because they'll be able to put another guard with Harden who can maybe play defense, kind of lock somebody down and um, just have Harden and Durant uh, be those scorers. So, yeah, I think, I think Brooklyn gets, gets the title. I think Utah finally gets over the hump and makes it to the, uh, okay. to the finals after a couple of really good seasons. So yeah, Brooklyn, Utah, Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn winning the, uh, the NBA championship. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I know you're, you're a Lakers fan. Um, I am a LeBron fan. As much as one can be with us uh, <laughs> in this job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Purple, I, and, purple I, and gold. Sure. I, 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 how's, how's their season going to go? I mean, I, I, I don't know all the changes uh, that they've been right. through. Um, can, can, can they make it deep in the playoffs? I think it's, it, this sounds cliche, but it's going to be, it's going to come down to health. They have a lot of, yeah. uh, a lot of players who are, you know, older for basketball, but uh, I think, um, what's going to help them in the regular season is that LeBron James doesn't have to always kind of initiate offense because Russell Westbrook will be there. Yeah. Um, but what the problem might be is when we get to the playoffs and LeBron is like, okay, now it's my time. Now Russell, Russell Westbrook will be like, well, no, I've been doing this for <laughs> four months. So, um, hmm. you know, if, if they stay healthy and all the pieces are in place that are there now, I, I, you know, they could very easily make the finals and, and, you know, uh, and win it, win it all. I just kind of think the odds are against, them with everybody being healthy and you've already saw that kind of happen they've got a couple yeah. guys who yeah. are rotation players who are already out for for, for the start of the season so um it'll be tough it'll, it'll be tough it's a long season and yeah. um uh you know it'll be fun to watch so they're their team lebron or not that that people just got to pay attention to so yeah. um yeah. I'll be, i'm interested to see how those that big three fits okay okay um boys and girls uh that is basketball wisdom uh, from, Tyler, <laughs> from Tyler Batiste, who is the, the uh, NBA managing editor at The Athletic. Um, you've also heard a fair amount of college football wisdom from Tyler Batiste, who um, That's right. is going gonna, is gonna to figure something out with his LSU Tigers. <laughs> we don't know what, how that's going to go, but um, James Franklin would be, a, would be a killer hire there. That, that, would, yeah. that, that would be a good one. Um, and we will watch and see uh, how, how that turns out. And we will watch and see what happens with LSU, LSU at Old Miss? I'm I'm always in favor of a twitchy Lane Kiffin. So, <laughs> go Tigers, uh, Tyler, uh, dude. I really appreciate this. Thank you very much. It's great to talk to you again. No, this was this was fun, man. Thanks for thanks for inviting me a few months ago, and uh, I'm glad the timing worked out um, <laughs> as perfectly and as uh, as heartbreakingly Un- as it did. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable, boys yeah. and girls. Enjoy the games this weekend, and uh, we will be back. We will be back to talk to you about rivalry week number one with Ohio State and Penn State next week. Tyler, thank you, my friend. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon.